0: Welcome to the Bernadette Jackson Podcast. I'm your host, Bernadette Jackson. Let's talk about who's in your coalition, who's in your tribe, your community, your network. Whatever term you use, who supports you? Let me tell you a story about how my friend's husband stepped in for my daughter in a situation that I can see was becoming triggering for her. My daughter is 12. She is brilliant. She's curious. She's an advocate for the voiceless, always going out of her way to make the bullied feel seen and special. But she is also grieving the fact that her father is absent, and she doesn't always know how to navigate situations where her father's absence is glaringly obvious. A little over a year ago, my pastor announced during prayer that he wanted to do a special prayer for the fathers. He wanted all the fathers to go down to the altar and bring their children with them. When I'm at church, my daughter and I usually sit with my friend and her family. Our kids are friends. We have lunch afterward. It's a whole thing. So anyway, the pastor called the fathers and their children down to the altar And my friend's husband and their children started to travel to the front. My daughter didn't move, and I understood why. Her father wasn't there. Why would she go to the altar by herself? Well, my friend innocently told my daughter to go to the altar because they were praying for children as well. My heart started to palpitate because I knew what my daughter was feeling in that moment. My dad's not here, he's never around, now everyone will know I'm fatherless, etc. Before I could get out of my own thoughts, she was halfway down the aisle. The pastor had told the fathers to put their arms around their children. This would have further illustrated that my daughter was alone up there. When she got to the altar, she stood next to my friend's husband and their kids. What happened next really made me fight back tears. Without being asked, he took my daughter into his arms with his kids and the pastor prayed for them. The lump in my throat was so big that when they came back from prayer, I couldn't even speak. I just touched his shoulder and he smiled and nodded and we both knew what we meant. He stood in the gap for my daughter that day, and I will never forget it. So again, I ask, who's in your coalition? Who supports you? It is so important for fatherless daughters to have a coalition. We need the support of our loved ones and closest confidants because we rarely ask for help and give so much of ourselves that we need people in our lives that know us, know what we need, and show up without being asked. I want to spend a few moments talking about what I look for in a person I want to join my coalition, and how I go about creating it. The key things that I look for in the people that I recruit to my coalition are, am I my authentic self with them? Do they know my father laws story? Do they support me and cheer me on? Are they honest with me when I've behaved badly and need to improve? Will they sit with me in the darkness and pull me out into the light? Let's be honest, we all have our bad days. And if you're a parent to a fatherless daughter like me, Will they support my daughter the same way they support me? Will they stand in the gap for her just as my friend's husband did? Once I can answer yes to these questions, they are upgraded from acquaintance or friend to a member of my coalition. These are the questions I ask myself for the people that are already in my life. That brings me to the first of three steps that I follow to build my coalition. Look in your friend group and ask yourself those questions I just listed. Once you can answer yes to those questions, upgrade them. I call this step inventory. The second step is evaluate yourself do you have any defense mechanisms in place that have prevented you from showing up as your authentic self in spaces that you enter? Are you the mean girl? Do you close yourself off to meeting new people? Do you look unapproachable? These are just a few of the ways that fatherless daughters put barriers in place to prevent people from hurting us. We really want Community where we feel seen, heard, supported, and loved. And I understand that there is a fear associated with letting people in, but the, quat, the catch 22 is that if you continue to allow your defense mechanisms to drive your interactions, you, went, you won't get to the place where you've built the community that you really want. So be your authentic self. Not only will you be liked, you'll be surprised how many people are drawn to you when you show up authentically. That brings me to the third step, and that's to network. Now, I'm talking to myself here because as an introvert, the term network makes me sweat, literally. So here's what I'm saying. When getting out there, have as many genuine encounters as you're comfortable having connect on a topic that you both share, and just see where it goes. There's no pressure to walk away with a contact. For us introverts, let's commit to one meaningful interaction with a person when we when we are in networking spaces. Most times, for us, if the conversation is great, we will definitely make a connection. So to recap, building a coalition or your tribe, if you will, is imperative to helping us feel supported and loved. You do that by first taking inventory of who's already in your friend circle. Second, evaluating yourself so that you know what barriers are holding you back from being your authentic self. And third, network whenever you're given the opportunity. I hope you found this episode helpful, and I'll see you on the next one. Bye!